This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Inujia-Dean. It's Monday, October 11th. Today's episode focuses on climate change. It's become clear that it's already damaging our world. And for many people, the anxiety and grief over that change can become overwhelming. Later, we'll talk to a psychologist who researches that topic. But first, we'll take a look at how some local climate activists are thinking differently about mental health as they continue their fight. KCUR's Alex Smith reports. When I was growing up in Johnson County, Kansas, I had a friend named Kevin Aaron, who was a dedicated environmentalist. What I loved about Kevin was that he believed in the better angels of our nature. Instead of shouting down potential opponents, he tried to convince them to be part of the solution. But in the early 2000s, when Kevin was in grad school, he was overwhelmed by a sense of hopelessness about the climate. He died by suicide in 2003. Kevin's loss remains a shock for me and the others who cared about him, especially his mother, Sammy. Like the honeybees, they'll, they'll sting, they'll protect their hives. But these native guys, they're all mostly female and they don't even have stingers. On a recent evening, Sammy invited me for a walk through Pollinator Prairie in Olathe, Kansas. It's a former Superfund site that she and local activists help convert into a flower-filled sanctuary, hosting bees and butterflies. Sammy often turns to nature for refuge, and she picked this spot for us to talk about her son. She says that the more deeply Kevin became involved in environmental activism, the more his thinking about the future turned pessimistic, taken over like an invasive species. There was one little seed that was planted where he couldn't then quit thinking about it. And so that seed sprouted a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And at some point, there was this whole forest of eucalyptus trees in his metaphoric mind that just wasn't going to make any difference. After Kevin died, Sammy found solace in yoga and meditation. But a few years ago, she met some environmentalists in the Flint Hills who also struggled with mental health issues. She wanted to help, so she created a nonprofit organization called The Resilient Activist. It's her way to teach environmentalists the coping strategies she learned following her son's death. We need activists who have the resilience to see us through these difficult times, and that's what I wanted to give. It was like, what would have helped him and others like him? Nearly 20 years after Kevin died, today's young climate activists are driven by environmental worries that are increasingly more urgent and more personal. Recent polling shows that 75% of people in their teens to mid-20s say climate change is affecting their mental health. And nearly 40% of this generation say addressing climate change is their highest personal concern. Our hands, our future, our turn. Outside of the Lawrence, Kansas City Hall, dozens of protesters have gathered before the start of a city meeting. As the evening rush hour traffic roars past, these activists demand city leaders follow through on their sustainability pledges. Many are University of Kansas students who grew up watching climate change affect their hometowns and dedicated their lives to solve it. Like Kai Hamilton, who came from the Kansas farming town of Heston, Even though her neighbors saw droughts year after year, Hamilton says the words climate change were never said out loud. I like have vivid memories of being alone in my room in high school and just being so 
overwhelmed and deeply sad about like the state of like my lack of control over it and then also like the lack of action among the world and it was some anxiety is a natural response to climate change according to psychologist susan clayton from the college of worcester she says that getting involved in activism or environmental groups can relieve feelings of helplessness but advocacy can also expose people to more stress sometimes to the point of having a clinically significant impact on mental health For many activists, anxiety crosses the line into being maladaptive when it causes them to turn away or give up on fixing problems. We have to find that middle ground where we can we can accept that there are some really serious things going on, but it doesn't lead us to despair. I mean, but many environmentalists have resisted prioritizing their own mental health in 2018. Greenpeace began a major study on why so many of their activists were working themselves past their limits. Organizer Auguste Maggio explains that many local volunteers and leaders had bought into a kind of martyr culture. Burning yourself out is almost like a badge of honor within the movement. So really overworking yourself and giving up your life for the cause is considered to be something admirable. Greenpeace and other leading environmental groups, including the Sierra Club and the Sunrise Movement, are now urging volunteers and staff to take breaks, unplug, or even limit the scope of their activism for the sake of mental health. This marks a shift for organizations and the movement as a whole. After all, the message for so many years was that people need to be alarmed. Um, when I first started, I thought it was my job to scare people into action because I thought they were That's Ward Lyles, an associate professor of urban planning at the University of Kansas and an activist since the 90s. Lyles says that he more recently recognized that students enter his class already terrified about what's happening to the planet, and they're desperate to do something about it. In his class discussions, he now welcomes talk about anxiety and grief so that budding activists understand that they are not alone. In classes where you acknowledge that this is hard, this is, this is hard work to do, but we're here to support each other, then it's really amazing to watch students come together and talk about finding solutions and students. Sammy Aaron hosted a recent Zoom session as part of her nonprofit, The Resilient Activist. Take two more full breaths, just like this. Really opening, receiving the breath, looking up at the sky. Over the video call, Sammy guides advocates through meditation and breathing techniques. She's teaching activists to identify and relieve stress, but that's only part of her goal. She wants to help free them from the narrow, negative thinking associated with anxiety and depression. That's why there's practices that help you stop those thoughts, that help you find the way to be more at ease, more pragmatic, more accepting, so that now you're in a place when your breath is soft and your body's relaxed, you have all different ways of thinking. You have all these other options for what can happen and what you can do. Reaching a sustainable future, she says, requires people to remain optimistic and open to new possibilities. For KCUR 89.3, I'm Alex Smith. We'll be right back after a message from our sponsors. At UMB Private Wealth Management, a division of UMB Bank, UMB always puts your interests first. 
UMB's registered advisors are fiduciaries, so that means they are legally and ethically required to only recommend investments that are the best fit for your individual circumstances. UMB provides one-on-one -on -one guidance to help you make savvy financial choices on your wealth-building journey. Tap into high-touch financial planning services so you can earn, grow, and create the life you want. Learn more at umb.com slash wealth hyphen management. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. Susan Clayton is a psychology professor at the College of Worcester, and she's someone Alex interviewed for the story you just heard. She studies how climate change impacts psychological well-being, and she's joining me over Zoom. Hi, Susan. Hi, Nomi. Nice to be with you. So can you tell me a little bit about your research on climate change? Absolutely. I'll, I'll, I'll give you the big picture. I started 10 or 15 years ago looking at the impacts of climate change on mental health and well-being more generally. And what I found at the time was that there was a lot more that we knew, and yet that uh, I think a lot of us, me included, weren't aware of in terms of worry about the impacts of climate change on mental health. So looking at things like the effects of extreme weather, um, growing research on the effects of heat. More recently, I've been looking into this phenomenon that you just referred to of climate anxiety, the, the way that people, even people who are not directly affected by climate change at this point can still be affected by their knowledge that it's occurring. So we've seen a lot of severe weather around the world over the past 20 years. How have recent weather events affected your research? Well, they've certainly made me more interested in the idea of anxiety. Uh, I, I had already begun to look into this last year, but I think over this past summer in particular, uh, people in the United States were very aware of climate change in a way that they might not have been just a few years ago because of things like the, you know, the so-called heat dome and the wildfires in addition to the hurricanes. And the thing about the, the wildfires is that even people who weren't directly affected or even threatened were aware of them. You had people on the other side of the country uh, essentially being aware of the smoke from the wildfires. So I think it just made a lot of people think about the way they might be affected by climate change. So how common is it for people to feel this way about climate change? Do we know? We know a little bit. Um, the research I did uh, last summer with my colleague Brian Carazia, we studied people online, which is very common. And it was not a representative sample by any means, but it also wasn't, we weren't asking people who were particularly concerned about environmental issues. And we found between 15 to 25% of people saying that their worries about climate change were actually sometimes interfering with their ability to live their lives. I'd say, I sometimes have nightmares or I have difficulty concentrating or it interferes with my ability to enjoy myself. You know, that's not necessarily a sign of mental illness, but it is a sign that climate anxiety is beginning to be a source of stress for some people um, that's, that's impairing their ability to function. You may have already covered this, but this, uh, the study that was just released about a month ago was of young people around the world, um, 10,000 young people from 10 different countries asking them about their worries about climate change and uh, I think all of us who were involved in that study were surprised by just how pessimistic um, the young people were. So again, we didn't specifically ask uh, about anxiety, but we did ask 
Are you concerned about climate change? What sort of emotions are you experiencing? Is it interfering with your functioning in some ways? And um, 45% said, yes, it was interfering with their ability to live their lives. Climate change is having a lot of negative impacts on the world, and it's going to continue doing that. Um, why should we care about the emotional impacts? Well, we should care about the emotional impacts, um, I, would, I can say, for at least two reasons. One is just we don't strive just to not have a mental illness. We want to have sort of a, a happy life, a meaningful life a life in which we're constantly coping with negative emotions is not as good of one. Um, but more important, probably, it, it does suggest a source of stress that not in everybody, but in some people could contribute to you know, a real mental, um, mental problem, mental illness or mental impairment, um, the sense of extreme anxiety or depression, um, maybe leading people, I have no evidence for this, so I don't want anybody to jump to conclusions, but I could imagine it could contribute to substance abuse, for example. What should people do if they feel anxious or depressed about climate change? Are there any strategies that are effective? That's a great question. There, there, we need to look into it more, but there are some preliminary suggestions. And I would say partly it depends on just how anxious you are. So uh, I think most people are a little bit anxious. And um, for those people, I would say get better informed because actually sometimes their anxiety associated with misinformation. Uh, we're, we're all, I think, rightly focused on the misinformation that says climate change isn't happening. But there's also a little bit of um, hyperbole on the internet, for example. So people might think, oh, the world is going to burn up in you know, 10 years or 20 years. And, uh, and that's pretty unlikely. So getting some more specific information can help. Finding a group of people who share your feelings is very important. Um, it's validating, it, it can help deal with them just to be able to express them to others. Uh, social connections are really important source of uh, mental health. And for a lot of people, I would encourage them to get involved in some way to take action. That doesn't have to be political action, uh, it could be just making sure that your own home is prepared for a flood or prepared for a wildfire or that um, you're doing your part to reduce your your use of fossil fuels. I do want to add, though, that there are people who are who may be overwhelmed by anxiety, and for those people, maybe they just need to step back and deal with that anxiety. Often, maybe not, uh, you know, signing out of social media for a little while, or taking walks, hopefully in a nice green area. Uh, even even uh, mindfulness techniques and you know, taking calm breaths and those kinds of things to help you deal with overwhelming emotions. Susan Clayton is a professor of psychology studying climate change. Thanks, Susan. Thank you. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. This podcast was produced by Byron Love and edited by CJ Janovey and Gabe Rosenberg. To read Alex's story about climate change anxiety, head to kcur.org, where you can also find our live stream. As always, you can tune into Kansas City's NPR station at 89.3 FM. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow.